Well, if you have your Bibles tonight, would you turn me to 2 Timothy chapter 1, and we're going to look at uh, verses 6 and 7 tonight. And tonight we're going to be starting a new series. Uh, we just finished up one of my favorite series entitled Road Signs for Life, and uh, we talked about specific road signs that God wants to give us so that we can be blessed in this life. Well, tonight I want to speak to you for the next few weeks about getting disconnected. Now, I love living in 2010. Well, you know what excites me about 2010? It is easier now than ever to get the gospel out all over the world. Do I have an amen? You know what I love about 2010? There's more Gates barbecues all over Kansas City than ever before. Thank God. Amen. There's so many benefits of living in this age. But I tell you, there's one thing I do not like about living in 2010. And that is cell phones. People can track you down at all times. Pagers, iPods. There's so much technology. And, and constantly people want you just to be connected, don't they? They want you to be connected at home, at work, on vacation, on Sunday. I mean, I'll never forget one time I was doing a beautiful wedding. I mean, this place was drop-dead gorgeous. This couple spent a bunch of money. They were in this beautiful location. And I was right in the middle of doing this wedding and we were having a good time and I'll never forget this. This groom left his phone on and son of a gun, he got a phone call right in the middle of the wedding. I bet that wasn't that much of a fun honeymoon night for that brother. And so many things in our society are trying to get us connected. How many people are on Facebook? Raise your hand. Man, I'm telling you, I will not get on Facebook because I'm scared if I get on, I won't get off. You know, I mean, I've heard people that they just get on there and, you know, you start getting reconnected with high school friends and reconnected with childhood friends. And I don't need any more connections. I'll just be honest. I've got plenty of friends. I don't mean that rudely. I don't need any more, I don't need any more phone calls. And what I mean is this world sometimes it can get so complex. Do you ever just miss the simplicity of having a dinner with your family and not being interrupted? Amen. Taking a cool walk in the night with your sweet honey and just looking up and enjoying God's creation. And tonight I want to talk to you for the next few weeks about getting disconnected. I think it's important for you and me, if we're going to enjoy life, if we're going to have the type of lives that God wants us to have, sometimes there's some things we got to get disconnected from. Look at your neighbor and say, get disconnected. Tonight I'm going to speak to you about the first of those things, and that's going to be about getting disconnected from fear. So if you have your Bibles, turn me to first, or 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 6 and 7. It's there in your notes. It might be easier for you. I normally preach of the NIV, but tonight I'm going to be preaching from the King James Version. <laughs> Second, well, bless God. <laughs> I, I, there, was this old, there was this old man at this church. There are some churches that all they do is the King James Version. And this young preacher came in and he said, I'm thinking about uh, using the NIV. And this old gal said, well, why aren't you using the King James Version? If it was good enough for the Apostle Paul, it was good enough for us. <laughs> First Timothy, and by the way, they did not use the King James Version. And... <laughs> biblical times let's look at first uh, or second timothy chapter one verse six and seven and here's what the word says wherefore 
I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. Verse 7. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. All this message tonight I'm going to talk to you about is if you are a son or a daughter of God, there is no need for fear to be in your life. If you're a son or daughter of God, there is no need to have fear in your finances. There is no need to have fear when it's concerning your kids. There's no need to have fear when you get on the airplane. There's no need to have fear when you're in your deathbed. If you are a son or a daughter of God, because he has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Would you bow your hearts with me in prayer tonight? We're going to speak about dis- get disconnected from fear. Lord, thank you for your word. We ask you to speak to us, and we ask you to remove fear from us in Jesus' name. Amen. Tonight I'm going to speak to you about fear and the only answer that can quelch, that can remove, that can destroy fear, faith. I'm going to give you seven facts about faith and seven facts about fear. How many of you would say, what's the scariest part of our life? What is it? Death. Death. There was an old priest, and he loved God. He served the Lord all of his life, and this priest had brought many people to Jesus. This priest had fed many poor people. This priest, he had served the city of Washington, D.C. for his entire life. How many say the people in Washington, D.C. need the gospel? Well, he's on his deathbed, and this priest was revered, and he looked at his top bishop, and he said, please, get me the top Republican politician and the top Democrat politician, and please bring them to my bedside quickly before I die. Because this priest was so popular, how many know when you serve God, God will give you favor with man? The top Republican and top Democratic Democrat politician were, were coming to the priest hospital immediately, and they came in the same limousine. And they looked at each other, and they were surprised that they were both going to the same place. And they said, we don't know why we're going here, but at the worst case, it will help our image. Isn't that just how politicians think? So they get there, and this old priest, he's, he's laying in bed, and he's su- st- really struggling to breathe. And... The top Democrat is on his right, and the top Democrat is on his left, and all of a sudden, this feeling of peace. Have you ever just seen when somebody just gets the peace of God? It's a peace of God. This man's about to die and cease to exist on this earth. And all of a sudden, the, the old priest says, gentlemen, I'm glad that you're here because I want to live my life like Jesus, and I want my life to mirror his life. And both politicians said, amen. And they said, well, why do you have us here? And the old priest said, well, Jesus died between two lion thieves, and I want to do the same. (laughs) I'm sorry. I saw that, and I love that. I omitted some names, by the way. (laughs) Okay, so let me give you seven facts about fear. Number one, fear is not from God. So it shouldn't be in you. 1st, 2nd Timothy 1, 6. 
and seven, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. I want you to know something tonight, friends. Fear is not from God. It is not birthed in God. It is not from God. It is not found as a gift from God. Fear is a curse. Number two, fear is one of the roadblocks that will keep people from greatness. I'm telling you, there are so many reasons that the devil wants you to be fearful, but one of them is he will try to keep you from greatness. There have been men and women that God has given them a great dream, and they never attempted it. Why? The fear of failing. I'm telling you, when I go by a graveyard, do you know what I see? When I go by a graveyard, I think of dreams that are dead that never came to life because of fear. I think of people that have died and they're in those graves and they were would-haves or could-haves or should-haves. I'm telling you, fear will keep you from the greatness of God. It will. And, and, And friends, tonight I want you to know something. Very rarely will God ask you to do something that won't cost some courage. Very rarely. Many times if God tells you to do something, there's gonna be a battle you gotta face. But how many of you know that God wants you to be great in this life? God wants you to have his favor in this life. God wants you to be blessed and highly favored. But fear will stop you. Let's look at number three. Here's the third fact about fear. I hate fear. Number three, fear keeps people from enjoying life. Oh, man, it does. I'm telling you, fear keeps people from enjoying life. I have seen so many people that they won't do certain things because they're afraid. They won't try certain things because they're afraid of what people will say. You know what happened to me? January 1st, 1990, I started my walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. And you know what I did? I stopped thinking and worrying about what people thought about me. When I became a Christian, I was 15 years old, and I had a mullet. I started carrying my Bible to Park Hill High School. As a little 15-year-old, I, I carried that. I had my backpack, and I made sure I kept my Bible on the outside. I was bold as a teenager. Can you ever believe I was a teenager? Man, oh man, that just seems like lifetimes ago. And, and, and I remember at first there was a little friction, but I'm telling you what, when you, when you, when you walk what you talk, you're going to get favor with people. Don't shout me down, I'm preaching good tonight. I'm telling you, if you walk what you talk, you will get favor. And you know what happened? I started leading teenagers to the Lord Jesus Christ in the hallways of Park Hill High School. I remember one time I was in class and, and I was just bold as a lion and, and the, the, the te- how many know that the class gets all crazy when the teacher's not there? How many know the, the, the two worst jobs are be a mortician or a substitute teacher? <laughs> I mean, I'm telling you right now. And, and their substitute was in that room and I'll never forget this. I was a junior at Park Hill High School. That whole class started asking me questions about the Lord Jesus Christ. Can you imagine most subs got to deal with people bringing in drugs or trying to start fights and... These people want to ask this mullet-headed kid about the Lord Jesus Christ. So, so I, just, I just started telling everybody about Jesus right in the middle of class. And, 
And they just started asking and asking and asking. I remember one time, I was on a 60, 70 person bus. I was on the debate team because I knew God called me to preach. That bus was jam-packed with teenagers. And all of a sudden, one of them said, Barry, would you stand up and pray for us? So I was a 17-year-old kid. I just stood right up on that bus, and I began to pray over them teachers and them students. Now, I got a point behind this story. There was a beautiful blonde that went to that school as well. She didn't know me from Adam. Ten years later, I went and did her brother's wedding. And you know what she told me? She said, forgive him, Lord. She said, Barry, I don't remember you from high school, but all I remember is that you carried your Bible to school every day. And I think about what wouldn't happen had I not been bold. Her brother asked me to do his wedding because I was probably the only pastor he knew. <laughs> Kelly remembered me because I was fearless. And friends, can I tell you something? Everybody in this country wants to have a cause, but few people will stand for a cause. But once they do, people will get behind them. But you gotta get those brave few. Will you be fearless? Can I ask you a question? Will you start being fearless for the Lord? I mean, I'm telling you, I'll pray with anybody, any place, any time. That's what I want for you. Let's look at number four here. Fourth fact about fear is number four, fear is not a good testimony to pre-Christians. Fear is not a good testimony. Fear is not a good testimony. I'm telling you, People who don't know the Lord, pre-Christians, they should see the peace of God in our lives, even when all hell breaks loose. Number five, fear will take all of your joy. I I'm telling you, if you wanna be miserable, give in to fear. If you don't wanna enjoy life to the fullest, give in to fear. If you don't want to have the life that just has power and, and victory and, and overcoming, give in to fear. Number six. Sixth fact about fear is that fear will keep your dreams and desires small. Man, I'm telling you, that's the truth. You look at any Christian who's not living a victorious life, I guarantee they've given in to fear. You look at any marriage that's not flourishing, one or both spouses has given into fear. You look at somebody who's got a load of talent but hasn't accomplished anything. How many of you know people that are filled with potential but they haven't accomplished anything? I do. Fear. What's 1 Corinthians 15, 57 say? But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. God has given you and me victory but we gotta overcome fear. Let me give you number seven. Fear is constantly discouraged by God throughout the Bible. Do you know that? Fear is constantly discouraged throughout the word of God. 
Okay, now can I make a confession to you? Kelly and I went on vacation one time. Have I told this story in here? I don't know if I have. If I have, just smile and just enjoy it. Okay, Kelly and I, we went on vacation one time, and man, she loves to risk my life for things. I've never seen anything like that. I like to go on vacation, just get on the beach, and boom, I'm done. That's it. Give me a couple Cokes and, and something really fattening to eat. I'm great. Get me on the beach. Let me get in the water. I love it. Well, she likes to do these things that really scare. Can I quote Pastor Newby? That scare the hell out of me, okay? That just get me right with God, okay? I mean, they just get me. So we went on this vacation one time, and we were in Jamaica, and, and Kelly wanted to do, how many of you ever heard that Jamaican bobsled team before? Anybody ever heard that? Well, they've got this museum, and then they've got this actual bobsled that's on a roller coaster track. Well, that stuff sounds fun to me. I love that. But here's what you got to do. You got to go 20 minutes up a ski lift to the highest point of that mountain. Now, let me explain here. We're not talking about a cable car with seat belts and an enclosed structure. We're talking about it's a ski lift. It doesn't stop. There's no seat belt. If you sneeze hard, you'll die and go to be at the Lord. You sneeze, boom, you follow this. That's it. I've never seen anything like this. I, I was wondering my life, my, why my life insurance just got raised. I mean... I get on this thing, I said, are you sure you want to do this? I mean, I'm looking up, I mean, the highest point in this ungodly country. And, 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 and that's the other thing. It's not like it's U.S., United States of America, you know, people are, man, if I need rescuing, who's going to rescue me? Yeah. Hey, man, what do you need down there, man? I mean, I'm just like, dead. okay, so we get on, and by the way, it doesn't even stop. I mean, it's just like, so like if I get caught, I'm just getting dragged up, you know what I'm saying? And so... So we start going up there, and I'll just be honest, I started speaking in tongues. I mean, because I knew if I could make it up there, it would be fun, but I wasn't sure I'd make it. And man, she's wanting me to take pictures. I'm like, dear God, woman, don't move. You know what I'm saying? She's, and I, I mean, I'm, you, you ask her, and then, and, then, and then the wind starts blowing. That thing, I mean, I, my knuckles are all white. I'm grabbed on. Have you ever seen them things where they're trying to take your picture? I mean, I'm flipping that camera. No, I'm just joking. Okay, so, so we keep going up there, and I mean, this thing is moving. We're going back and forth. I mean, I'm scared to death. And then one of the scary parts, then you got to get off this sucker. Why can't we just, it takes five seconds. Stop it, let me get off, and then that's it. Not in Jamaica, baby. That thing's just rolling. Okay, so finally I get off, and we had an unbelievable time. Is that this high part of this thing? And it was wonderful. We had a great lunch, and they had this swimming pool, and, and the bobsled, just like the devil, then that's the only one way back down. <laughs> okay, now here's my whole point. It was the funnest thing I've ever done on a vacation. When we were at the top there, these pictures look fake. They're so beautiful. But it never would have happened if I'd have given in to fear. I wouldn't have enjoyed it. It was literally the funnest thing we've ever done on any vacation we've ever done. And the reason I tell that to story you is because that's how it is in our lives. Sometimes the most enjoyable thing we could ever have, we're only gonna get there if we go through a little fear. I'm gonna give you seven facts about faith, but I want you to write this scripture down. And it's Psalm 23, verse four, and here's what it says. It says this, and I'm gonna quote King James here. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. I want you to hear that. Psalm 23, verse four says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. I want you to look at this. The key word is walking through the valley of the shadow of death. 
See, God doesn't promise. He doesn't promise that we're not gonna have to go through some pain or for some suffering or some trial, but he promises we will go through it. Let me give you seven facts about faith. Because this is the answer to your fear. If you're scared to tell people about Jesus, this is the answer. If you're scared to fly on a plane, this is the answer. If you're scared to believe God's best for your life, this is the answer. If you're scared to start that new business, this is the answer. Seven facts about faith. Number one, faith has its birthplace in the word of God. Hebrews chapter 11 verse one says this. Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Now did you hear that? I want you, well it's not in your notes, so you guys to just trust me. It says the word certain. Hebrews 11.1, 1, now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. You know what? If I'm sick and, I, and I, somebody's praying for me, I want them to be certain that God's gonna heal me. If I got somebody that's praying over my, how many of you, if you got somebody praying over your finances, you don't want them praying, now Lord, we know they're going broke, Lord. But if it's your will, prosper them. But if not, Lord, let them just get foreclosed in Jesus' name. Just foreclose them, Lord. No! You want somebody praying in faith. Lord, bless them. 3 John 2, beloved, as your soul prospers, so I desire that you prosper and be in health. That's what I want somebody. Well, Lord, heal Bill in Jesus' name. But if not, Lord, give him a great cemetery plot. Give him a good view, Lord, in Jesus' No! Psalm 103, verse three, he forgives all our sins, heals all our diseases. Well, Lord, you know all the junk that Kay's putting up with us in marriage, Lord. You know it, Lord. So, Lord, heal this marriage. But if not, Lord, give Mike a great divorce attorney, Lord. Give him a good one. No! Lord, heal this marriage. Love keeps no record of wrongs. 1 Corinthians 13, 5. You want somebody that's praying in power. Everybody say power. That's what you want. But you don't get power in fear. You get power in faith. Faith, unlike fear, has its birthplace in the word. Let's look at number two. Faith in God is the main reason people succeed. Do you know that? I'm just gonna quote Jesus Christ. Numerous times throughout the gospel, here's Jesus' words. My son, your faith has made you whole. My son, your faith has healed you. My son, your faith has restored your sight. Faith, Jesus said, if you have faith the sight of a mustard seed, you can say to a mountain, throw itself in the sea, and it will be done. Faith, Hebrews 11, 1, now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Faith is the primary reason people succeed. Faith in God. It's not talent. Man, you gotta receive this tonight. Listen to me. The most phenomenal pastors, they're not the most talented. They just got the most faith in God. The most phenomenal missionaries, hey, they're not the smartest. They got the most faith in God. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. The more faith in God you have, the more victory in your life you'll receive. 
I'm telling you, the more faith in God you have, the more victory in life, the more victory in marriage, the more victory in finances, the more faith you have, the more you will receive. No doubt about it. It's the main reason people succeed. You know why? It's because faith is saying to God, it's not up to me, it's up to you. What's the word say? Let's go the opposite. Pride comes before the... You know what? The more you pray, it shows God your faith is in him. And the less you pray, it shows God your trust is in you. Let's look at number three. Number three here tonight. Facts about faith. Oh, I love this. Faith will allow you to enjoy life. Now, let me give you an example of what I mean here. We're all going to receive bad news, aren't we? We can't get good news from this world every day. Now, we can get good news from God and good news from his word every single day. But we don't always get good news from this world. But you know what the Bible says? Psalm 55, 22 says, cast all your cares upon him for he cares for you. I'm telling you, when you have faith and you encounter a problem, you know what you can do if your faith is big enough? You know what, Lord, that check didn't come in, but my faith is in you, then you're done, then you enjoy the day. Well, Lord, I didn't get the news I wanted to hear, but I put my faith in you, then you can go on and enjoy the day. You might be saying, Barry, there's no way it can be that easy, not at first. But I'm telling you, faith is like a muscle. The more you work it, the bigger it gets. You know what Jeff Wilkie told me one time? I'll never forget this. Jeff Wilkie and I were out eating lunch or something, and he looked at me, and he just said this. He wasn't joking. He wouldn't smile. He goes, Barry, those no, there's no reason to worry when you can pray. And it, it, You know when somebody just says something and it, it just strikes you? Man, that brother meant that with all his heart. Let me give you number four. Fourth fact about faith. <laughs> number four, faith is an attractive quality that people admire and they want. Do, do you know that? I'm telling you, when somebody's bold enough to step out, if it's for a good fall, cause, people will come right behind. Am I true or is that the truth or not? I'm telling you, it, it just takes one person that will start the charge, and if it's for a good cause, people will get right behind it. I remember when, when I just came to my home church to be the youth pastor. Um, we had a youth group, about 40 or 50 kids, and we had this girl, her name was Ashley Brockman. And how many know that it's hard to stop a teenager that's sold out for the Lord Jesus Christ? She was really popular in her school, and she came to one of our services, and that gal got saved. And that month, she brought 40 people to our youth ministry in one month, and almost every single one got saved. They got saved because one of the most popular people in the Park Hill School District said, that is it, I'm going to take a stand for Jesus, and I'm going to be different and live it. And people wanted it. I'm telling you, it's time for us just to take a stand and not to talk it, but to live a different life. 
I'm telling you, it's time for us when people cuss us just to bless them in return. It's time that when people put us down, we just love them in return. It's time if people do us wrong, we just give it to God and just keep going. Let me give you a scripture. Exodus 14, 14 says, the Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. We quote, uh, you heard me read it tonight. Maybe you didn't. I'm gonna quote it if I didn't read it. Psalm 46, 10 says, be still and know that I am God. Let's look at number five. Number five here tonight. Faith will, start, ooh, faith will start small and get big if it's fed. But how many know the, do you know the opposite's true? If, if somebody, if a spirit of fear gets in you and you feed it, guess what's gonna happen? It's gonna get big. H- have you ever seen that before? Somebody makes some stupid, fearful word and then all of a sudden it starts getting everybody crazy. Can I tell you, I'm not gonna elaborate, I gotta save this. This story is so good, I gotta save it for when I preach on Sunday morning. But I'm gonna give you just a taste of it. Um, do you guys remember Steve Irwin? Everybody remember him? Well, I think I might have told you this. Kelly and I were on vacation, <laughs> two vacation stories tonight, and we were gonna swim with the stingrays like the next day. And it's a true story, and I'll never forget, Kelly and I are laying down in bed, and Kelly's like, are we gonna go ahead and do that? And I looked at Kelly, uh, Fred, and I said, now baby, you can back out of this at any time. But once they charge us, you came back out. So if you want back out, let me know. We'll call them. But once we pay for it, I'll throw you in the water if I have to. You're going. Okay, so I don't mind. We'll back out any time. But at that point, once it's been charged, I will grab you and physic. Okay, so she says, let's go ahead and do it. So us and like 20 or 30 other folks were going out to this Stingray Bay. And everybody's just having a great time, dance, beautiful beach, and just beautiful weather. And we jump out into water, and these things are like dogs. You know, they know when food's out. This sea of black just starts running right towards us from all sides. And my wife and just about every gal in that group climbed the back of their husband, started yelling and screaming. And now I started getting scared. Because now I don't want to spook these things. You know what I'm saying? Like these things we're going to do. And, like, ah, ah, and I'm like, whoa. And I, mean, and I mean, I'm now, I mean, now I'm getting scared. And like, I'm just thinking, you know, they're going to sting me and I'm going to die. And Kelly's going to float on me till somebody comes out. Okay, now here's the whole point. Everybody was having a good time enjoying the, enjoying the trip. One person started screaming when these stingrays, boom, it set all them gals off. And can I tell you something? That's what the devil wants to do in your life. Here's what happens. You go to the doctor and the doctor says, well, I'm not sure about this. What's the first thing the devil tells you? Oh, that's cancer. Anybody ever been there? So, so, uh, I mean, and, and the doctor never even mentioned cancer and all of a sudden you're thinking cancer. Maybe it's something with your mortgage or your boss. Well, I gotta talk to you real serious and what's the devil tell you? Oh, I lost my job. I'm taking a, I'm taking a pay cut. I'm telling you, the devil, fear starts small and gets good, it gets big, but here's the good news. Faith starts small, and if it's fed, it will get big. I'm telling you, if you will feed your faith, uh, you will be able to stand against the devil. Let me give you number six here as Chris comes to play very softly. Number six, faith can start with nothing and end up with everything. 
Hallelujah. Faith can start with nothing and end up with everything. I've seen Christian men start their business with nothing and then God prospers them beyond their imaginations. I've seen Christian women start a ministry and then all of a sudden it just explodes. I've seen people, if they'll put their faith in God, all things are possible. Luke 137 says nothing is impossible with God. Faith can start with nothing and it can end up with everything. Last fact about faith. Faith will defeat the devil's plans for your life every time. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. It's that faith, if it's in God, God's plan will get accomplished every time. Now, I didn't say your plan. I didn't say Barry Young's plan will get accomplished. But I'm telling you something, when you put your faith in God, he makes a promise that he will act on your behalf. If your faith is in God, and your faith is according to the word of God, he will. Jesus says, you have not, why? That's not my words, they're found in here. Faith will defeat the devil's plans for your life every time. Let me give you a scripture. It's 1 Corinthians 10, 13, and it says this. No temptation has seized you except what is common to man. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. Did you hear that? He will provide a way out. It did not say he might provide a way out or he would consider. He will provide a way out. 1 Corinthians 10, 13, look it up. Let me give you three things to leave with tonight. Three things tonight. Number one, what to take home. Find where you have doubt and kick it out. Woo! I'm telling you, that's what I want you to do tonight. I want you to find where you have doubt and then kick it out. Right there. Hallelujah. Kick it out. Listen to me. Listen to me. You can't ask fear to leave. You just can't, well, I'm going to try to get this fear. No. You've got to draw a, law in the, draw, a, draw a line in the sand and kick fear out. Out. Joshua 1, 5 says, I will never leave you nor forsake you, declares the Lord. Number two. Find a verse that goes with God's dream for your life and quote it till you're blue in the face. I'm telling you, you, you know what happens with robbers and thieves? They don't rob people typically that have guns and know how to use them. Do you guys know that? <laughs> robbers and thieves pick on what? People that don't have guns, people that aren't trained, people that have no defense. And I'm telling you, if the devil is attacking you and you quote the word of God, and you quote the word of God again, and you quote the word of God again, he will leave your marriage, he will leave your finances, he will leave your mind, he will leave your relationships if you keep beating him down. No doubt about it. There is no doubt about it. So if you're here tonight and you don't feel like you're forgiven, 
Anybody that ever had that happen before? You ask God to forgive you and you still don't for, feel forgiven. Psalm 103, verse three, he forgives all our sins. And then you quote that. You start feeling guilty. Lord, I thank you that you forgive all my sins. Psalm 103, verse three. You, the devil brings it up again. Lord, I thank you that you forgive all my sins. You forgive all my sins. You forgive. All, and man, I'm telling you, pretty soon you're gonna just get yourself just excited. You're gonna start running around going crazy. Devil, leave you alone. If you're here and you made some bad mistakes in your life, anybody ever felt that way, that you couldn't turn a situation around? Well, you just quote 2 Corinthians 5, 17, therefore, if anyone's in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. So the devil starts saying, that situation is gonna turn around. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, devil, therefore, anyone's in Christ, he's a new creation, the old is gone, the new has come. And you keep quoting that, I'm gonna tell you something, he doesn't want you to hear that. Then he leaves. Maybe you're here and somebody hurt you really bad and you don't know how to overcome it. You quote Genesis 50, 20, what the devil intended for harm, God turns around and uses for good. You quote that again. He brings those thoughts up. You quote it again. I'm telling you, you'll kick him out. But, you gotta, but there's only one thing that drives the devil out and it's this. Not my word. Number three, last one tonight. Stop living by what you see or by what others say and believe God for big answers. Okay, so as we close here tonight, if I can just have everybody look up here, I want you to leave with this. It is not a sin to be afraid of anything. It then becomes a sin when your fear overcomes you and stops you from doing what God wants. Listen, Jesus had fear about being crucified. In the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus Christ says, Lord, if there is a way for this cup to pass, but then he says, not my will, but thy will be done. Listen, it is not ungodly to have fear, but it's ungodly for the fear to control us. Why? 2 Timothy 1.7 says, for God's not given us the spirit of fear, but God has given us the spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. Sure, you're gonna be scared of certain things, but God wants you, even though you're scared, I'm gonna push on through. If you're here tonight and you're scared of something, you're fearful, you have the spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. Would you bow your hearts with me in prayer tonight? Every head bowed and every eye closed here tonight. Please, nobody looking around. You're here tonight.